This podcast is brought to you by Blue Guardian, the prop firm that lets you trade with EAs or any style you like at any time. I borrowed 1.5K from the bank. So I have a little video of myself where I'm recording my bank in minus 1.5K and me having filled my first challenge. And I'm like, okay, let's see if I'm going to pull this one off, right? And literally I ended up passing that challenge. And from there was just a momentum going into new challenge until I got funded in less than two months. I had a 1.2 million in funding. I was making like just from my Forex funds, month for like 20 25k which is gone now i just had a fixed session so i only looked at the chart for like 45 minutes every day and looked at the previous data and placed my trade in that 45 minutes and then left the charts our sponsor blue guardian is the only prop firm that gives their traders a tool to protect them from hitting their max daily loss and over trading it's super simple to use just set the guardian protector each day from your dashboard did you also know that they've just released an unlimited time evaluation with a zero trading days requirement giving you plenty of time to hit their low 8 and 4% targets, making it super fast to get funded. Plus, it's cheaper than the 40-day time limit evaluation. Check out the link and coupon in the description to get 10% off your next Blue Guardian evaluation. All right, folks, here we are in Trading Up. We've got Aman in the house from Oyo over there in the UK. We've tried to do this show so many times that you were not going to believe it. Um, welcome to the show, Aman. I'm so glad that we've managed to get you here uh, to hear your story. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Well, like you, you've just turned 20. Uh, I think when we first tried to get you on, you were actually 19. Um, would have been great for the YouTube thumbnail. Uh, anyway, you just turned 20. You're 800K funded. You've just gone through that whole My Forex Funds uh, debacle and lost a bit of funding there. And you're, I believe, on track to hit 1.5 million in the next month is what you've told me. So I can't wait to hear your story. I think it's going to be fantastic, especially someone so young being able to achieve so much in that short period of time and all verified as well. So do you want to start off by letting the folks know how you got into trading and, and where it all started? Yep. So so I started like trading, right? Back when I was like 16 years old. That's when I started like looking into different ways to make money. Uh, it was pretty much like one day I woke up and I was like, okay, damn, what do I do with life, right? It just hits you that you need to make a lot of money. Otherwise, you're pretty much screwed. Like, I've seen my parents work their whole life, right? Really hard. Like, my parents moved from India to Italy back uh, in, like, 2000, like, before, like, a few years before they had me. And my dad worked there for, like, day and night in a farm. And it was, like, a very, like, intense manual labor job. Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, that wasn't, I didn't really, like, that didn't really hit me until I was, like, 16. I was like, damn. My dad's been like working really hard that whole time and I'm here on track to potentially have a job that's going to pay me like 30, 40 K pounds a year. Right. And then the math just doesn't add up. Like, what can you do with that money? Pretty much nothing. You just stuck there. You can't really buy stuff like pretty much free your parents from like the pretty much the rat race. Right. And then yourself. So I was like, I need to find a way to make money. And that's when uh, I was like, okay, let me see what I can do. I went on Google and stuff. I was like, okay, let's see how to make money online. I found crypto at first. And crypto was like, it was very weird. I, was, I mean, I was a beginner at the time. I, I just tried to find like fast ways of making money. I was looking at like the coins that were like 1,000x or something. But obviously that doesn't work, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that didn't last very long. Like I bought like 100 pounds for my parents. I was like, trust me, I'm going to like turn into a lot of money. That time we were like, I think nearly in a like throughout a bull run, like midway or something. Oh. Uh, I made like few pounds, like profit, right? A few percent, but then you just lose it all. So from there, I was like, okay, let's look into like actually day trading instead of like investing to make high returns. So I tried to look into day trading crypto. 
for like about six months, but I didn't really see many like good progress with that either. I was like, the markets are rigged. Like every trade I would place to just hit my stop loss. So I thought it was just another one of those things, like, you know, gambling sites or something where the house wins. And what, so what were you trading like, back then? Can you remember what you like, what instruments you're trading and how you were, how you got into it? Yeah. So it was, I've been all over the place pretty much. Like for crypto, I remember I bought a coin called Shiba Inu. Ah, oh, Shiba, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like in 2018 though. No, I mean, uh, 2021 or something. I was about 18 at that time, I think. Um, no, 17. Yeah. Then uh, for when I went into trading the normal markets, I went through Forex, indices, that's pretty much, I tried everything. But obviously when I was a beginner, I was like trying to place a trade on like every single symbol, right? I was going through like the whole Forex list trying to find a setup, but obviously that doesn't work really well. And at that, that point I was like, okay, I'm going to give up on trading. I gave up for a bit. I had my exams coming up as well. So I, I stopped and uh, I started looking into other businesses. Like I started an e-com brand and everything. That failed as well. I lost about like six, 700 pounds on that. Then I did Amazon FBA, lost again, like six, 700 pounds on there as well overall. And bear in mind, all this money yeah, is uh, the university maintenance loan. Like my parents don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the university is giving like low income households money to like support for like transport and all that stuff. And I'm just out here blowing it. <laughs> How are you surviving from day to day? Are you just like living on cans of beans and pot noodle and stuff? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just eating what my mom's cooking, right? And then... <sighs> uh, yeah, I'm spending, like, I'm not living at uni, I'm living at home, so I'm not wasting yeah. money on accommodation either. Yeah, it was, it was a tough one. But now, I mean, then after that, what I did is I came across an ad about FTMO. And another thing about those, after doing those businesses, before we get into FTMO, it's like I realized um, those markets are, like, quite oversaturated from what I saw, like, the e-com side. You have to, like, tackle it very professionally as a brand if you want to, like, succeed in that. So from there, I was like, okay, um, what's like more doable? Starting an e-com brand or like, like literally the markets, you have trillions of dollars in front of you every single day and you need such a tiny percentage to like be well off, right, from them. Mm. So I was like, okay, that's the problem. So I know I've outlined the problem. Now I need to find a solution on how to take a small percentage from there. And then I came across the FTMO ad and that pretty much brought down the problems difficulty by so much. It went from trying to make 100% a month to now your target being 10% and then even less. So I was like, okay, this is going to be game changing. I That's when I, then I want to came across the ad. I was like, okay, I want to lock in into trading. I spent like the next four, four to six months. I was spending like 10 hours every single day on the charts, just try and error. Like I would wake up before bed. It was just charts, nothing else. Eventually, I managed to come up with like a system and a whole plan in place. I watched pretty much every single interview that's online, right, of people that are funded and whatnot to get as much uh, of their like insights I could. And eventually, I was like, okay, now I'm ready. I started a six hundred, I mean, a three hundred k my Forex funds account at the time. And at that point, uh, my bank account hit zero. Like I spent like fourteen hundred uh, pounds on that challenge. I was like, okay, it's going to do or die. I'm going all in, right? But I ended up failing that challenge, obviously, the first one. So I was like, damn, what do I do now? Like, I was actually in a tight situation because I had one more option, which was 
buying another 300k but now my bank account goes negative so i'm right. pretty much borrowing money from the bank and that's literally what i did i borrowed 1.5k from the bank so i have a little video of myself where i'm recording my bank in minus 1.5k and me having failed my first challenge and i'm like okay let's see if i'm going to pull this one off right and literally i ended up passing that challenge and from there was the momentum going into new challenge until i got funding like less than 2 months i had a 1.2 million in funding what really yeah how on earth <laughs> yeah. did you manage that just because you kept reinvesting the what you were doing from the funded funded uh, account yeah i mean i kept buying a challenge after challenge uh, i bought maxed out tft maxed out my forex funds and then i just chilled with those for like about 10 months before buying new challenges and, and the thing is the reason i passed them so quickly at the time uh, because i had just created my whole system right uh, my system had a negative risk to reward at that time so i was like risking um what let's say 1% to make half a percent it was like 0.5 the risk to reward mm. Yeah. So the only way I could pass a challenge uh with a time limit it was by risking like 4% per trade. Right. So but you had yeah, a high win rate, so, right? A really high win rate I'm guessing. Yeah, it was like close yeah. to like 89% or something because yeah. of the low uh, risk reward. Right. And so so that so that f- first challenge you failed, did you fail it pretty quickly then with risking 4% per trade? Uh The first one actually uh, I didn't feel it because of, of like the trading aspect right what I did is I placed like uh, my trades and stuff and then I went outside with my friends to play basketball uh, and then what I was doing you know remote chrome desktop like yeah. you can control yeah, your yeah. pc from your phone yeah. and I was pretty much trying to control my mt4 tab on my desktop f- from the park while playing and what I did is I uh, misclicked the amount of uh, percentage I was risking for the trade and price just left and they breached my account oh, yeah no <laughs> no yeah and this uh how many trades in was that was that like at the start uh i think i was around break even at the at that point yeah okay so yeah, you traded the daily a, a drawdown uh right yeah. right um I, and so like d- diving back into that journey to get to that point where you know you you pass your first challenge how did you uh i suppose distill the information from these videos that you're watching around uh, from other funded traders i mean what was the process you had to to i suppose get to the point where you had a strategy that you're happy to trade and even that decision on a on a negative risk to reward ratio which you know i never hear these days yeah it's crazy like people these days are telling you like this 10 to any risk reward yeah. right uh, but the crazy thing is after watching nearly every single interview online you rarely see people out there like showcasing a 10 to risk reward uh, successfully their trades right and getting onto the interviews it's always people with like one to two one to three at best uh, risk to reward that like oh that's how i made this much money on this pro firm it's never a guy with one to 10 they're only like on twitter or something on the discord chat start flex their demo accounts ah right so so that gave you the confidence to go for a lower r and but yeah. what gave you the confidence to go for something that was under one i mean what how did that come about well because i spent so much time on the charts right at that time the only uh, symbol i was uh, testing everything on was the nasdaq and that's literally all i've been trading for the past year now i don't trade anything else so because like i was looking at the nasdaq chart every single day and i was back testing like so many months of data i just 
Um, so I came up with a system. I was looking for like a system that would have like a one-to-one, one-to-two. But when I did the whole like data collection process, that's when I realized if I like start reducing my risk to reward, my win rate goes high and that will uh, actually favor me passing the challenge because at that time you still have to make 10% or 8% in 30 days. Yeah. And with the one to two, that was not very like doable. I might have made less and drawdown was higher as well, like the max drawdown, right? Yeah. It was just like what worked. Ah, right. Okay. And so so in terms of like, I suppose, coming up to coming up with a strategy that was that you were going to go and trade, I mean, how did you sort of work out which things were valuable to pull from different traders that you'd seen? Yeah. So there you just like look at what everyone's doing, right? So like one of the main, one of the things everyone was doing was ICT, but I don't trade personally ICT concepts. I didn't like look into them as much because I didn't want to like learn new stuff because at, the, at that point I already knew like the, the basic knowledge about like breakout, support resistance, all these things. Right. So I just combined them out like every day. I was, that's why I was like, I was in the charts for so long because I was combining a few concepts together and back testing on like years of data and seeing how the results are. And so I could perceive the forward test. Right. I just kept doing that over and over until a combination of concepts uh, just stuck and then I could optimize uh, risk reward and everything on them. And so so if you want to sort of go back to that back test, I mean, it sounds like there was a lot going on in, in terms of different concepts that you're trying to bring together. I mean, that can be quite hard to sort of come up with a, a way to back test if you've got like, you know, even three or four things that you're looking at and trying to make them mechanical enough so that you can replicate them on an ongoing basis every single trade and not, yep. I suppose, screw yourself over and, and start deleting rules that you didn't really think, oh, well, I won't take that one because this thing didn't happen, but hey, it went on to be a winner. How did you manage that? Yeah, that, exactly like you said. I, I try to make it as mechanical as possible in all aspects, right? It's still discretionary, but like I have very set rules that I can follow every day when I see the charts. So like some examples of that is uh, uh, I don't place uh, market orders. It's limit orders. So I'm not like live interacting with the price, right? I place my limit order and pretty much leave the chart because I do my analysis, ch- the limit was placed and then i have like nothing to do there i don't need to like emotionally react to maybe a pro candle stake moving too fast down or up like that actually can mess you up when you're trying to enter a trade live another thing would be like risk to reward my risk to reward has always been fixed uh in the sense like you know my stop loss it's not based on like a a market structure or anything it's always been 30 uh, points on the nasdaq so that's another thing. Like, just have to make make as mechanical as possible. You can. All right, folks. I'm here at Blackpool Markets headquarters in Auckland, New Zealand. You can see this amazing view behind me of Auckland Harbour. Now, talking about views, if you do want to get free TradingView Pro, then all you need to do is trade one lot a month at Blackpool Markets, and they're going to give you free TradingView Pro. So, folks, to find out more, click the link in the description below or the card above. And, and why on earth did you land on thirty points? Uh, well, that's again from just testing. I just tested again and again until I was like uh, 30 points seems to be the sweet spot where it works. And then another thing you have to make sure when you do like these kind of testing is uh, there's something called overfitting, right? If you start uh, like, let's say you backtest something for a year and then you're like, okay, I can increase the risk reward because this worked for this year that most likely not won't go well like next year because now you're overfitting to only that amount of data 
uh, your thing. So I try to change as as less as possible. Right. Okay. So once you once you've done your back test, lock down the rules. You were like, okay, this is what I'm going to stick with. I mean, the the limit order thing is interesting because he's a. I'd say the majority of traders I have on the show are market order traders. Uh, how on earth did you land on the limit order? Was it because of an ease of, you know, placing the 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 trade, or was it just sort of did it just uh, I suppose adhere itself to the setup that you had, or the strategy you had? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I I was looking into like what the most efficient way would be, right? And then if the two options are limit order and market order, I just went with limit order because that just makes it so much easier. Like you, otherwise you're gonna need some sort of shortcut to I don't know calculate your loss size, quickly enter the trade. It just goes downhill from there for me. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, limit order will actually save me so much time in back testing as well. And another thing I did was. Uh, I just had a fixed session. So I only looked at the chart for like 45 minutes uh, every day and looked at the previous data and placed my trade in that 45 minutes and then left the charts. So I'm not like, you know, backtesting can get very like tedious yeah. if you're looking at infinite amounts of data. That's why I had that little session I was looking at and just moved to the next day from there. And what's, what was that, New York or London? Uh, that's 30 minutes after New York Open on the NASDAQ. Okay, right. Which is probably quite a volatile time, and you're always going to get volume at that point. So, so moves are going to happen if they if they happen, they're going to happen then. Uh, right. So yeah. that that's that's kind of cool. Um, what about news? I mean, did you factor that in at all? Did you have? Do you trade through it? Like, how did you combat that? Uh, well, in the back test, uh, in the back test, the news I could like assume, okay, this huge candle was probably a news at the time. So I didn't count that as towards my data, right? I didn't place trades during that time. And for the forward test, I did the same. I didn't place trades. And still to this day, when I see a red for the news, I don't place trades. And mm. if I have a limit order, I make sure I remove it before news happens. Because I have experienced sometimes when I forget to remove it and I just get destroyed. Now, I'm going to sort of flip things on the head. And I, this is the question I don't think I've asked to anyone before. Um, what do you think you w could have done differently that would have, I suppose, halted your progress or screwed it over or basically made it so that you didn't succeed? And the reason I asked that question is because you did have such a short runway to success and were able to get it out of the gate. So I'm kind of trying to find out what is it, what are the things that you think, hey man, if I'd actually gone down that road, I would have been probably three years off the off the course I should have been. Uh to be honest, I think that's like just how much time you're spending uh into figuring out the problem, right? Because every business is end of the day, it's a problem that you're trying to solve. And uh, the more time you spend on it, the faster you will solve it. Like I racked up over a thousand hours of trying to solve this problem of making small percentages from the markets in a very short time. And that's probably because I was a student, right? So I was like, I pretty much said, screw uni. I'm spending all my day doing that. And then I was studying for my exams like the last week, spending the whole night pretty much trying to pull off, uh, like to just pass, which I managed to pass like barely, right? But it was like hard. So it's all about spending a lot of time on the charts if you want to get it. If, if I, my progress would be so much slower if I was like, uh, let's say, 30 years old and I had a job and a family because then I can only spend maybe one or two hours a day. Mm -hmm. So I can see how me spending 10 hours a day, one to two hours a day now, that just turns into like three, four years of the same time. Like Yeah, so, okay. So if you had basically spent less time on the charts, it would have been detrimental to what you were doing. Was there anything else that you could have, like that may have been sort of, I suppose, a decision that you think, well, if I'd gone down that route, 
this might not have worked out as well as it did. Um, Tough I question, I know, that, because it's it's like yeah. Yeah, it's kind of I'm kind of get trying to get the opposite of what you've actually done to try help yeah. the guys listening. Mm, thinking, I don't think there's anything in specific. Like, okay, don't just, worry. Let's we'll cut this bit out. We'll cut this bit yeah. out. Yeah, it's a tough question. Um, it's very hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to go back to limit orders, and there are I think quite a few benefits with limit orders that traders who are doing market orders don't necessarily see the benefit of and and I mean they the things like slippage right so you're going to get negatively slipped is that something you notice where you know you might uh, see a one percent risk but then price pushes into your limit order and actually your stop size is in the same place but and you're risking the same amount but you're getting a better entry price have you have you noticed uh, that uh personally that happened to me like a few times only on profile accounts right where right. i've got uh -huh. like negative slippage but overall it's always like the opposite you still end up getting a worse entry yeah oh, right and so so yeah. okay that's interesting so for prop firm accounts that you're noticing that um i mean because i've only normally done it myself on on lower time frames where you're getting the one minute entry and you you see that it actually does give you a, a positive slip so what the other i suppose the other thing is a psychological aspect that it comes with placing a limit order and letting the market do its thing and on yeah. top of that the other psychological thing that i think benefits you or benefit has benefited you indirectly was the, sh the smaller take profit so only taking half an hour i mean can you talk us through any of the sort of emotional hurdles and mindset issues you may have had along your journey yeah so like the half an hour was definitely a very big challenge after you got funded because uh like let's say you end up losing two losses in a row, right? From break even. And mm -hmm. let's let's suppose you're risking one percent per trade. Now you're down two percent, but now just to get to break even, you need four wins in a row. So that was a huge thing. Like I was like, okay, what if I lose five and now I need 10 wins in a row? It could spiral down very quickly. But luckily, like it went quite well until like I would so I got funded in around like August, and then until like December time, it went quite well, and then it's like just stalling into the um, drawdown period. I was just stalling, like, I'm just near break even. And I was like, okay, this is not good. Like, I'm not going to be able to scale up insanely with this. That's when I reviewed my data again. But now I had, like, six months of, uh, nearly six months of, uh, like, live data as well that I could review. And I managed to optimize my system to one-to-one uh, -one risk reward. So now oh. it's one-to-one, -one, and it's been doing quite well since then. And, and what kind of thing do you need to do to change a system that's half an hour to make it a system that's one hour? You just need to check every single trade pretty much. Like I leave every trade on the chart every day. I just remove like the labels, right? So it's not on the price scale annoying me. So you leave the trades on your chart. And then after like, like every quarterly, um, you will just go back and uh, check on the charts, uh, your trades, like uh, how they played out, what you could improve on there. And then eventually you just realize these small patterns that if you changed would increase overall your uh, stats and obviously track them. Like if you're checking Q1, reviewing Q1 at the South Q2, uh, use a software. Like I'm using, uh, you can use an Excel sheet as well, but I'm using a trader edge where you can uh, enter like uh, how, everything, like the profit you made in that trade. So you get a nice equity curve. It's just easy to visualize what you can change, right? Yeah. And so, so okay, so you obviously sort of found another edge within the edge that you already had, which, I mean, what kind of things were you analyzing when you were going through that sort of historical, um, uh, either live data or the backtest data to see how do I get one R? Was it 
a case of going, well, that one went one hour. What's common amongst these? And what kind of things were you looking for to see that they were common? I mean, were they indicators or price or, or what? Yeah, I mean, I don't use any indicators. Uh, I'm just a fully price action. It's like simple support resistance with like a custom like breakout uh, like concept I've came up with. So like I'm looking to like, even if there's like no actual your typical range that people would consider, I managed to like create my own range and then have a breakout of that with a bunch of rules I need to follow. So like I'm scalping pretty much the Nasdaq, right? On the five minute time frame. I only stick to one time frame as well. And so, and so uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, mate, go on. Oh, yeah, I go was on. about to talk about when I was like, so when I was looking at uh, my data, uh, the things I was looking for, so it's pretty much uh, I would um, like go through the whole, uh, let's say Q1, and then I would put that into Trader Edge, get a nice little spreadsheet on that. Then I would make a few changes to the whole thing, maybe increase or decrease, uh, let's say stop loss by a bit or TP. And then I would run it through again until I've run it like, let's say 10 times. Now I have 10 different ones and I can see which one's the best. And then I can compare it to like my back tests, uh, like from before I was even on problems so that I can have a slight idea of uh, how bad was it before. Another thing is, it's not too big of a deal if uh, you, you should make changes now and they only like, let's say like overfit to the past like six months or a year, right? Because uh, you got to adapt your system to the markets as you go forward. Mm. You're never going to, be able to stick to the, certain, to the same rules every time. Like, for example, my 30 points on the NASDAQ probably won't last me 10 years, right? Eventually, I would have to like either increase or decrease it based on how price becomes more volatile, less volatile, volume at that time might increase. And so, so how do you how do you sort of or how do you think you're going to? I mean, you've already done it once, but how do you think you're going to get to the point where you go, okay, now I need to revisit what I'm doing with the with the strategy. It's no longer working as well. What are the sort of signs that are going to help you uh, make that call? Uh, yeah. So one thing I look into for that is a max drawdown. If my historical max drawdown gets hit and I'm is making a new max drawdown right now, uh, at first I'll be like, okay, benefit of doubt, right? It happens. Like you can have a higher drawdown. That's fine. But then it depends how fast it's going to get me to now break even. Is it going to take me like, is that, if I'm having long prolonged periods of drawdown, now it's like I want to start looking into making changes. And then for the changes, just try and error. Just try and error about your uh, different variables that you can change until you get again uh, something that has an edge in the market. Right. Okay. Okay. So it's, it's that max drawdown that's going to help you. And and how do you do that for somebody who's trading multiple prop firm accounts? I mean, how do you work out what your max drawdown actually is? And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I track on uh, on again on Trader Edge. I just have like a dummy uh, like tracking uh, uh, like side where I just uh, put in 1% every time, even though I'm risking different amounts on the profile accounts so that I have a, a clean 1% based uh, data, right? Right. Okay. And so you, that's, that's going to tell you, right. And, and how do you, how do you um, manage your multiple prop firm accounts and trading them? Are you placing the same trades on every account or splitting it up, mixing it around? Yeah. I used to uh, alternate between them where I would place like uh like few first week I would trade only one account and maybe have a set goal I need to make uh, percentage wise before pay out. But then quickly I changed that to only as soon as I'm in green, I take it because like, that affects it like psychology, right? If I'm like up, let's say 3K on a 300K, 
now it's very hard to place the next trade the same way because you know that's your money that's right there that you can take and most of the times the money that's on the table is quite a lot to just lose in the next loss so i'm taking every payout even if it's like six hundred dollars i'll take it and yeah that was a so well the question was how was the managing all right yeah so how are you managing the trades like so you said you at the start you were taking trades on different accounts then what happened after that oh yeah yeah. uh then after that i start i I started pretty much um wait lost bit uh okay so alternate between the accounts and then uh, just recently i have uh, combined them all together so that uh, i'm like uh, pretty much having like a whole big account and then i make because you know i was limiting my profits when i was uh taking uh, payouts for the smallest parts in green, right? So now if I have like, let's say 1 million, I can take that small green as a big payout instead of alternating and then limiting the profits and being drawn on for longer periods. Right. Okay. So you're, you're sort of one of these guys, I'm, I'm all in on the account and, you know, and so, so I mean, at, at any point, I suppose, because you got such a high win rate, it, it doesn't necessarily get to that point where you're going, well, this account's in jeopardy because you're just always taking little profits here and there. And I mean, what, what let's, let's put play devil's advocate here. Uh, and say, say you did have a bit of a losing streak and you had to get that 5% growth, which is five trades. Okay. Now you're at 1% risk to reward. It's five trades. You got to win. Would you then at that point start to scale back on one of the accounts? Just so you didn't, you know, go out of control or something, anything like that. Actually, that has happened, and that was like again my mistake. So one of my three hundred k TFD accounts uh, last year around uh, September, it's uh, I made like a fifteen k payout on there, and then right after that, um, I just went into a losing streak. And I, I was I thought I was smart to increase my risk at the time because I thought, okay, let me just risk it, and it might actually make it up faster. But the only thing that did is that brought my account to negative nine point eight percent. So I had. 0.2% to maneuver with. So what, what I did was, because one thing I've been sticking to the whole way through my trading career is that I'm going to trade professionally. I'm not going to blow accounts and I've never blown any funded accounts for the whole year. So oh. that 9.8%, I actually just recovered that about a month ago. Right. I posted so that from, on Twitter point, as well. From point yeah. two, that's, that is crazy. How on earth do you equi- go about doing yeah. that? I mean, what's the sort of, what's the, what's the, uh, the step ladder to get you up? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's simple logic behind it, but it, it can be really hard, like mentally. Uh, so, like the logic was, okay, I have zero point two percent to like maneuver with. I just split that into ten different uh, trades. Uh, so I just split that by ten, and I got my risk per trade at that point. I kept doing that for a few months until the room increased by a bit. Split until now into like eight trades max, and then keep doing that over and over. And it took me ten months to recover that account. Right, that 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 is some perseverance there. I think. I mean, can I just ask, what was your what's uh, the degree that you're studying at university? A uh, computer science. Okay, so there is some kind of like I suppose mathematical bent to that, and and, and algorithms and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, which, like data we, and everything. Data yeah, analysis, data yeah. and yeah. Okay, cool. so so you have got that um, side of you, which is is probably quite logical. Uh, it's interesting. Now, what about like your approach to gaining? funding and purchasing funded accounts i mean it sounded like at the start you're you're quite um what's the word gung-ho with with regard to like i'm going to take a 1500 pound loan from the bank on a funded challenge uh in the hope that i pass it and i've never passed one before 
but that's ballsy. Um, like what what happened after that? Because you said you qu- quickly got to a million or one point five million was it or, or a million and uh, one point two. Now how did how did you do that? I mean, what was the sort of process around? Um, and almost as like kind of if some if you're going to recommend somebody you know take this approach to buying funded accounts and trying to pass them if they've got a strategy that works what was that well yeah i would never recommend what i did like if i'm looking at it logically of what i did i was just in hindsight i was just gambling right it's like i boy fight them past that i would have been negative 1.5k and then i would be screwed then i would have to wait for the next installments to come in that would now have to first bring me to zero right it was a whole mess i would be in but then i think that works to a certain degree as well because it kind of makes like a do or die for you right mm. so you say like everything's on the line you have to make it work you got no options so that that's another aspect to it but i'm not sure how well that would work for everyone and i, I can't even say that that was uh, the case for me maybe it was just luck but it, we can't really say for certain right and yeah so if anyone wants to approach like challenges now the best way, especially now, there's like no time limit. You just risk like 1%, at best like 1.5% per trade. Obviously, it depends on what your like max drawdown has been historically, and you base your risk on that. Like your max drawdown has been 20%, you will never risk 1% because that means it's quite high likelihood that you will hit the 10% throughout the process. And yeah, like at the start, I was risking such high amounts, like 4% to make 2%. That, that like even right now, I'm not doing that again. Now I'm risking like 2% per trade at best. And that's only once I'm up like 3-4% on the account. Until then, it's only like 1% risk. And uh, my max drawdown is like, if we take 1% per trade, it's 7%. So seven losses in a row, which is not too bad, I would say. Mm, mm, that's that's pretty good. So let, let's step later into the um, how the account, the, the funded accounts grew. So you, you started off with that 300K. Then what was the next one after that and the next one after that? It's always been 300k. I've never gone below 300k. Yeah, I was like, I've always been like, I'm gonna go the max one, or there's no point going the lower ones. And and how was your? What was your first withdrawal compared to the first, well, the next 300k that you you purchased? Uh, well, the first withdrawal. So what I had in mind was, uh, my first withdrawal target was to make on a 300k at least three or four percent, and that's what I managed to do. I managed to make like. I think 15k on the first withdrawal and the reason behind that was um I didn't want I could easily have done just like let's say 1.5k 3k and slowly go to 15k but I want to build a buffer so that I was like okay if I do end up failing the the next challenge or something I'm not gonna be mentally like set back at the end of the day I would have won 15k from pro firms so that's what I want to do have a decent big buffer and then start adding on top of it slowly throughout the year and that's literally what I did build the initial buffer which again was slightly high risk because i had to build up the buffer on the funded account first then take the payout and then slowly add to it which definitely made it easier psychologically as well mm-hmm. going forward because i wasn't like oh i need to make 15k now now i just need to make small amounts keep adding on that and the amount will grow because 15k at that time was insane amounts of money like That's i was um, nine yeah i just turned 19 and my bank account minus 1500 like making 15k was like huge i, I felt like i was rich oh. at the time <laughs> and, and was that pounds or us dollars uh pounds pounds yeah pounds that is crazy i mean i remember like when i was living in the uk and i would have been a little bit older than you at the time and i was working i was making i think i was making 15000 or maybe it was 17000 pounds a year 
So this yeah, I is think just... I made literally like a yearly salary in a month there. Yeah, it was crazy. It, that is crazy. Well, I mean, what was that like when you did withdraw that money? It was just crazy. Yeah, like it hit the bank. It felt unreal. But obviously, like I had already rules and set before that on how I'm gonna manage the money, right? So that was like a um, had different like tiers I made myself. So if I'm like making over ten k then 90% of it will go into an investments uh, account, which for me it was like USDT as I'm big into long-term crypto investing. And then uh, 10% will be used for like normal expenses, food and stuff, or like any random thing I want to buy. And then if I made like less than, let's like, say 10K, then I'll be like 85% or 80% will go into investing. And then uh, the remaining will go into my bank account. And I've been doing that for the whole year. So I've stacked amount, like, a decent amount of money. Like there's all these people that are buying uh lambos rolexes right and then once the pro firms i go under for example my forex funds recently went under right some people have let's say 600k only with them and they have nothing then after a point if they've been spending all their money the whole year that's why saving is so important mm. and it, or like investing i would say we'll go back to my forex funds in a minute but um i mean how did you get that mentality around managing your money and managing your finances because it does seem quite unique for a lot of young kids and as you've just mentioned there other people who went out and just blew the, the their um, earnings what what do you think made you different and how did you get this sort of education uh well the mentality i would say it's because i've been i think about it like long term right i think like 10 years down the line like i want to be like insanely rich like multi-million multi-millionaire right like 10 years down the line i'm not saying i'm gonna have 10 million in two years because that's not very realistic the only if i try doing that i'm most likely going to blow it all so down thinking about it, 10 years is much better in my opinion and that's how i'm like okay if i need to make that much money in 10 years what can i do there's much many opportunities for example in 10 years there's so many more bull runs you're going to have on crypto for example so just saving a decent amount for crypto was a big like win right in that case yeah and in terms of education um at that time, I was watching uh, you know, uh, this really famous guy called Iman Gadzi. Oh, it does it does ring bells? Yeah, it does ring bells. Yeah, he, he he like teaches a lot about financial literacy and all that, and he definitely like impacted that sense like how I do, how I do things right. But then I was also at the same time watching Andrew Tate at the time. Oh, so right. his thing was a bit contradicting though. Like Andrew Tate would say, if you have eighty k in the bank. And you want to buy a supercar for 80k? Go ahead, just buy it. At least if you go broke, you'll be broke with a supercar, right? But I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> that you can sell for 50k. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's let, let's dive back into. Uh, you actually say that the funding thing in terms of how long it was taking you to pass these funding challenges when you um, uh, were going through them. I mean, I've got guys, including myself, doing the Blue Guardian one, and we're all like underwater, and it's taking forever. So well, apart from one guy, I think um, he's in he's in the black. What what was the trick to uh, going through it as fast as you can? Well, the fastest way is obviously having the highest possible risk per trade, right? And then hoping that you get a, a winning streak. Because uh, uh, when I was risking 4% per trade, I needed like four wins in a row to pretty much pass phase one. But overall, I was passing uh, phase one and two in like two weeks. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's pretty quick. It's pretty quick. And that's with high risk. And so, I mean, how many of those did you fail along the way? I only failed one challenge ever. 
And then I've oh. never blown a funded account. Oh, really? Yeah. So that, the very first challenge was the only one you failed? That's, That's the only one. Mad. So the strategy is kind of robust um, in terms of it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep you in good stead. So so let's dive into that more, my Forex funds. I mean, how did that hit you uh, in terms of your funded profile and, and uh, I suppose, earnings potential? Yeah, like earnings-wise, I would say it hit me like, quite big, right? Like my Forex funds was the main uh, main hitter for me. Like it was making the most money monthly because I had VIP on there as well. And I had 600K, uh, 700K on there. I had one account that was scaled, a 300K scale to 400, like 390. So 700K. And I was making like just from my Forex funds a month for like 20, 25K, which is gone now. And yeah, so... That will be replaced most likely soon with the uh, new challenges. Currently, I have a million in uh, phase one and phase two in challenges. So once right. I pass that, that will pretty much kind of replace it. Still won't exactly replace it because I won't have like the instant withdrawals that VIP gave me. Right. But that's part of the process, right? You There's ups and downs. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. And because we spoke before the show as well, and you, you're kind of like, you know, fairly, I mean, you weren't that upset. You didn't, you said oh, you weren't that upset at the time. I mean, this can sort of phase a lot of people and this kind of setback. I mean, what, why, why do you think what's made you different to be able to like see that as part of the game and, you know, I just move on and carry on to the next thing. I guess it's just the mindset. Like uh, when there's like these kind of uh, losing periods in life, I just think, I just think of them like there's these are good periods. This is when I'm going to make a bigger comeback. Right. I, I generally just feel like satisfaction for these times. Let's say if, let's say tomorrow I lose every all the money I ever made. I just be like, okay, just watch me now. I'm gonna make so much more in the next six months. I don't just get like faced by these things. I, I don't know, it's just the mindset thing. It's 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 interesting, hey, because I think a lot of people, you know, would get phased by that kind of you know setback. I mean, can you give us an example of? And this, I just think this might help some other people out there, like of something else that's been a, a setback in your life it's not trading related that that you've sort of just gone okay right i'm, I'm gonna take i'm gonna tackle this on and i'm gonna see it as a challenge versus a problem i mean i would say i haven't really had anything uh, too major like the best example i probably can give is like uh so you know calisthenics is like body weight exercises and everything mm. uh that's what i was doing since the age of like 17 um, so like I st- pretty much when I was like I need to make money I came into the whole self-improvement thing I started like started my calisthenics journey and I got injured eventually of like training too much and I got shoulder injury and I was training for like actually like uh, all the cool professional skills and everything right like muscle ups uh, the front levers and everything and that was like a big thing because I really liked that stuff and I wanted to do like go ahead with it but I had to take a whole year off because of it and literally just a month ago, I started again my training. And I'm like, I'm gonna like get all the I'm gonna pretty much get super strong and I'm gonna get all those skills done. Like no matter what. Had right. to take a whole year off yeah. of just doing like normal weightlifting instead of focusing specifically on that side of uh like working out, right? So Yeah. So so you're willing to just, you know, sit 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 out and accept the, the the hardship that comes with it which i think some people can't do um which is fantastic for you and 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 something that others cannot i suppose look like potentially work on now what about if you if you're gonna say to someone like, okay here's what here are the steps i recommend you take if you want to get to the point where i am passing funny challenges growing accounts what would you say here are the, like three steps to to take 
Well, the first step I would say is for anyone, right? It's like nothing I say is gonna work if they don't want it. Like you just gotta be hungry for it. You really want it, want something really badly, right? Like if you're not happy with the way you're living right now, it's like you're gonna either make it happen or you're not gonna make it happen. If you're not gonna make it happen, that that means you're comfortable in the place you are. You don't want to like actually change anything. But if you want to change anything, then you will generally find ways to do it. Like there's no way you're going to spend a year trying to figure something out and you're not going to succeed at it if you really try. It's literally impossible. Most people just don't try hard enough. They're looking for the secret strategy online. They're looking for the easy way to make money. They just got, you just got to like be realistic and understand uh, about the situation you're in, right? No one's going to come and save you. You got to just find a way and you got to come with a concise plan and everything you do has to be the intention. You can't just go blindly go into a demo account, for example, right? It needs to be with intention. Why are you going on a demo account? What's the goal behind it? What's that going to lead you into? Everything needs to be intentionally done. Now, um, I'm going to slightly, I mean, the, the next question I'd usually ask and say, when you were back testing your original strategy, I mean, what were three things that you used um, when you were back testing that you thought were pretty good? Uh, so for what helped me as a software was Trader Edge to put in uh, how much I'm winning and losing and get an equity curve and the basic stats because it's a very simple software. It doesn't overcomplicate it. You get your net profit, you get your win rate, you get your max drawdown, pretty much the simple things you need. I don't think you need a lot of things unless you're going into the whole quant side of things, right? Then you might need a ton of different uh, data to like analyze your strategy. But for like normal people like us, just doing normal manual trading, you only need a few simple metrics, yeah. And, and what about? Sorry, I'm trying to get like more from a charting point of view. I mean, what kind of things would you would you have like tested along the along the journey of trying to come up with something that works? What kind of things would you recommend to look at from a chart? Well, at the start, I think for everyone, it starts from indicators, testing different indicators. But after, for me personally, after testing indicators for a while, I just came to a conclusion that they're not worth testing. It's like, there's a maths behind it, but I don't think that will like long-term work well if you combine a bunch of indicators together and think that's gonna work forever, right? But however, price action, it's like, you can always adapt to it. Like what I say is the best indicator is your brain because it actually learns along the way. So price action is definitely the best way. Support, resistance, breakouts, very simple things. And then when you apply very like uh, concise risk management to it, you can actually make it work. It's not like extremely hard to get something that makes you like, let's say a few percent a month, right? Obviously it would be hard for like something to make like 10% a month on low drawdown for like challenges back in the day. But now it's like quite simple to make small percentages every month on like normal drawdown. If you stick to good risk management and uh, simple like trading knowledge, right? Mm. Now, now uh, random question here. If you uh, were to take like a break from trading for six months and come back to the charts, because you've just mentioned there that, you know, this sort of got in, in, embedded into your brain and, you know, your, your brain's your best asset for for being an indicator. Do, how quickly do you think you'd be able to get back to the point you are now with regard to like profitability and, and you know, growth, et cetera? Mm, well, if... If I'm going, if let's say I completely forget what I currently have as my knowledge, uh, it, it would probably be. You still got the knowledge. You still got the knowledge. You just haven't got the repetition of day in day out. 
it's probably gonna take me let's say free, i would probably the best smartest way to do it that point would be like three months of forward testing forward test for three months before go back into live markets that's what i would probably do because you need the uh, experience on the charts every day like that's why i recommend using a one time frame one session and one uh, symbol right because uh, you're pretty much uh, mastering chart price movement on one symbol every single day when you're looking at it you just notice different things like okay today the nasdaq is doing this i've seen it for the last 300 days so i know most likely it's going to move that way now it's supposed like going to do that so it's just you notice the thing but when you're trading on like 10 different time frames 10 symbols it's all over the place you're learning nothing at that point right okay that's that's some great advice now what about um a mindset from a mindset point of view, I mean, it sounds like randomly you've got this, like tr you've got this inbuilt trader's mind. Now I might be wrong, but that's what it's sort of coming across. Like you haven't had any mindset issues that have thrown you off your way, or it could be the fact you've got it going for a 0.5 R take profit with limit orders, which is, you know, set and forget really. What kind of things do you think, or do you have any special techniques that you'd share with the guys around getting their mindset right? I mean, mindset, my, my advice is always the same, but I just already said, right? It's like how badly you want it. Like no one, you're not going to just find something, whether it's trading or any business or that's even as a sport or anything, right? You're just not going to improve at it if you are not dedicated and you really badly want it. Like I'm, I'm seeing my parents working, waking up every day, early morning, right? Their diet's not the best. They're going to work. They're not making enough money. I, I need to make money. There's no other options. Like no one's going to come and just do that for me. Like I need to find a way to change that. that. That's literally the main like motivator, right? Like even if you don't feel motivated, you just need to do stuff sometimes because no one else is going to do it. You're going to be there screwed otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it, 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 I, is, it is so true. I mean, like, I, I find it just with what I do here on the, on the show, it's, it's the same kind of thing where, I've had friends that are um uh that have you know said oh yeah I want to get into that and you know I want to become a YouTuber or a podcaster or whatever it is this was this was years ago and I'm like okay well all you need to do is this come and ask me some questions we'll sit down and have a coffee and I'll tell you everything I know guaranteed none of them will ever come forward and ask any questions and that you know they're still doing the same thing ten years later uh, so it is it is mm -hmm. a that is a is a very important mindset thing around anything that you do. Um, all right, we're going to dive into a quick fire round here and then wrap this baby up. So how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Uh, three years. What's your favorite entry setup? It's like a simple support resistant breakout uh, system I made, right? So I'm pretty much breakouts. Like every time my trades are breakouts with the limit orders. And do you ever manage existing trades, i.e. move stops to break even or trail stops? No, I never do that. So once I'm in a trade, once my limit was placed, I close the charts because previously I've had experience, like bad experience where the, when I'm in a trade, I'm like, okay, it's going to hit stop loss. Let me move it or something or make it bigger. And obviously that doesn't go, that's not good. You're just altering the data you tested on. Now it's a completely different thing you're doing and that just goes bad. Uh, do you have a recommend, recommended trading book or resource? Uh, for books, I don't really usually recommend trading-related books. I usually recommend uh, books that people generally enjoy reading, and it has to be could be about self-improvement or other aspects of life, uh, so that you're actually like learning about 
life in general and not trading only right maybe read someone some big ceo's autobiography or something maybe like the nike guy or something like that so that you actually get knowledge across the whole board instead of just trading because reading trading books it's kind of boring in my opinion like sure you can learn something but the best way for that would be just watch the video format of that and actually test it on the charts yourself instead of reading a book that's just my experience and that's what i recommend uh, now the next question i don't know how you're gonna answer it but i'm interested to hear your answer on the next question after it so what's your preferred broker and trading platform and prop firm let's throw that in there Look, folks, I know you want the answer to this question. Which broker is this trader using? Now, the answer has been sponsored by Black Bull Markets. So to find the answer out, you're going to need to go over to tradingnut.com, find the show notes page for this guest, and then all will be revealed. Now, uh, do you want to walk us through your worst ever trade? Uh, worst ever trade? I think they have like a worst ever trade because my stop loss is always the same, right? But maybe the worst losing streak was the one I told you about where I lost 9.8% in like a matter of a week. Ah, oh, right, right, right. Yep. Okay. And and what about leaving our listeners with one piece of advice? What would it be? Mm. Piece of advice. It would be to never give up because uh, if you never give up, you don't really lose, right? And the goal is to win. So if you never give up, you never lose. That's my advice. Nice. Right. Now, um, before we actually finish the show up here, like what what what's the plans for you in the future? I mean, you're only tw- you just turned 20. You've you've got like let's call it a million in funding. You're you're gonna get 1.5 yeah. soon. I mean, where where do you see yourself in like 10 years' time or even five, let's say five years' time? Yeah, so I'm working towards that right now. So one of the things is uh diversify my like uh, trading right so currently i'm on a trial for like a hedge fund as well so that it'd be like managing a private investor capital all that stuff and then uh, pro firms well, i'll do it for as long as i can do it for start a personal account which hopefully will be compounded into a big amount in the future building my track record um this new uh platform that came across recently called darwin x if you heard of it uh yeah i've, I've spoken to the guys yeah they're really good for like building track records. So I've started that as well. And then um, I've started content creation as well now. So that's pretty much what I'm going to put 100% into all these different things I told you about. So hopefully Brilliant. five years down the line, all of these things, currently they're like here and eventually they'll be like up there. It was just compounding effect, right? And, and your computer studies degree, you get, do you think you're going to get use out of that? Uh, personally, I don't think so, but I'm going to still complete that because my mom is insisting me to complete it. So I'll just do that for her okay okay brilliant well look um what's uh before we wrap up what's the best way for traders to get hold of you uh, i mean you can follow me on instagram or the best way would be just join my discord server and uh, it's completely free and uh, i'm usually active in there anyone that has any questions i usually answer them brilliant well look a big thank you to Aman for sharing with us today everything we've discussed here along with all the links he's just mentioned are going to be in the show notes to find them simply search for Aman on tradingnut.com or click the link in the description below until next time i wish all my listeners trading happiness and success tired of missing trades or spending hours at the charts introducing my robot builders club with our platform you can build bots in minutes not weeks without any coding required get lifetime access to my video course vip community and over 40 ready-made robots 
Works with MT4 or MT5, and as a bonus, you'll get three months access to my robot lab, where we build and test bots on live calls every week. Join the hundreds of traders who are trading smarter, not harder. Click the link in the description to learn more, get the free training, and download a free robot. All right, folks, there you go. Interview done and dusted with Aman. Now, we did shoot a video after this where he breaks down his five-step process to passing prop firms like it's nothing. See, he's obviously done it a few times. There's a ton of value in this video, as well as getting to see some of the ideas that formulate the strategy that he uses to trade as well. So there's a bit of chart work in there. Go and check it out. It's well worth your while. Other things that whilst you're over there on the YouTube channel, we've got the live streams hitting the channel pretty much every day of the week, covering London, Asia, and New York. So a bunch of brilliant traders doing that either. They're trading the Blue Guardian Challenge, uh, and we're doing a recap video of that as well, so you can get to see a very transparent view of how everyone's uh, progressing with these challenges, including myself. And we've also got the mystery trader who's joined us finally, finally, finally is placing trades on the TN Trade Ideas channel. So please go and check that out and subscribe to that channel if you haven't already. All right, folks, enough from me. Have a great trading week, and we'll see you in the next episode.